Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is Jonathan Edwards with pureandsimplebible.com and I am very grateful to have another opportunity to study the Bible with you. Today it's just me, no guest in studio. I do have a few lined up, both on Zencaster and coming into the studio, but end of November, beginning December 2020 is a kind of a tough time for me. I'm very busy in a bunch of other areas, and so it's just going to be me this week, and Lord willing, we'll have a guest next week. So it's episode 127, and it's called God is Jealous. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about why the Bible uses the word jealous to describe God, or in the Bible himself, God uh, describes himself or names himself as jealous? What an interesting concept, right? Um, If God is described as jealous, and then the Bible uses the word jealousy to describe something that's sinful, is that some sort of contradiction that God is a jealous God? I want you to consider a couple of scriptures to get the mind flowing. James chapter 3, verse 16 says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Romans 13, 13 says, Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual morality or sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. Hmm. Now those scriptures use jealousy as though it's something bad. Right, so if if that is used to qualify some sort of some sort of sin, why does God identify as jealous? You know, he he doesn't do it discreetly, and it's not he's embarrassed about it and and kind of casually mentions it. He's quite emphatic. Listen to Deuteronomy four verse twenty four, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Now this is one of many scriptures where. God identifies himself as jealous, and maybe from the be- the beginning of this, right? So if you've not considered it before, it might seem petty that an infinite cosmic being would be jealous of his creation. In fact, I would venture that many skeptics and non-believers point out this attribute as their number one reason not to believe in the Bible. The seeming contradiction of jealousy being sinful for us, and yet, it's okay for God. And so I have a series of questions that I want to ask you. So maybe pretend like we're having a conversation, right? That's what this program is all about, is having Bible conversations. And I don't have somebody to have it with. So pretend like it's me and you talking. And when I ask the question, obviously I'm going to be the one answering it. It's not going to be dead airspace. But I want you to think about what you would say if you were answering these questions. So here's the first one. Um, What is jealousy? Right. I think that's probably the best place to start. We need to figure out what jealousy is and why is it okay for God to be jealous, but for us not to be jealous? Well, I think it's good to begin with this assessment. Many people see jealousy as an equivalent to envy, another term that's used in the Bible. And uh, envy is the discontent and resentful longing for another person's possessions achievements or qualities. That's envy. And that's that's not jealousy. Although we use it interchangeably in the English language. You know, we might say I'm jealous of another person's house. 
I'm jealous of another person's good looks. I'm jealous of their uh, job status they have, right? You're actually envious of it. You are discontent. You're resentful for those things. Jealousy can provoke envy, but jealousy can also provoke other responses as well. It doesn't only provoke envy. Jealousy is the emotional trigger for things favorable and unfavorable. Aha, okay, so that's important. What is jealousy? We know it's not the the actual discontent or resentful longing. It can trigger that. Biblical jealousy, I think probably the, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but I think it's going to be helpful if we just simply describe it as heat. That is, it is the warm feeling for something or the warm feeling against something. Did you know that in Greek, it also translates as zealous? And I remember when I was studying this, and it was one of those aha moments where you're like, oh, of course it does. Zealous, jealous. That's the same word. But in English, we give one a J and the other a Z. But it's the same word. It depends on the context. And so does this warmth, this red-hot feeling, does it stir within you for someone's improvement? or your own improvement, that's being zealous. Does it stir against them? It's jealous. Aha. That's that's the crux of the issue. When the Bible uses jealousy in a sinful way or in a sinful context, it's obviously talking about the red-hot warmth that stirs within someone for someone else's detriment. You want them to be ruined. You want them to fail. Right, And being jealous or zealous for someone's benefit, for their improvement, that's a red-hot stirring up because you love them and you want them to get better. Well, that's hopefully helpful for you. It was for me. And so it makes me want to ask this question next. How exactly can jealousy be good or righteous? How, how does stirring up this red-hot warmth for someone's improvement, how can that be a good thing? Because... I don't know about you, but when I hear the word jealous, it's not often used in a positive context. It's typically used negatively. Well, I think we can all understand it more accurately than we realize. So perhaps if you'll allow me to use an illustration, um, I think we can see that jealousy is good or righteous. Okay, so husbands, I'm talking to you for a minute. Husbands, would you be jealous if another man made amorous advances on your wife. Generally speaking, of course we would, right? Now, there, there may be outliers to that question, but if you love your wife and you are committed to that relationship, then you are not going to just sit by indifferently while another man is, is trying to make a pass at your wife. In fact, I would suggest even further that a husband that is indifferent to another man's advances, what would we question? We would question whether or not he really loved his wife. You see, jealousy in this example, that red-hot commitment for their marriage, stirring righteously within a husband, it would stir him up to protect their marriage covenant. And nobody would say that that's bad. In fact, they would honor this man, that his wife would likely thank this man for stepping in and intervening and the jealousy would be good and righteous. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, 
the Apostle Paul does not see himself as the husband. You know, if I'm taking the example I just gave and, and finding a scripture for it. Paul doesn't see himself as the husband, but he sees himself like the wingman. He is the best man, so to speak. And the groom or the husband is Christ, and the bride, that is the wife, is the church. And when someone is messing with the church, Paul tries to make equivalence is the same way that somebody is messing with someone's wife. Okay? So in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 2, it says, For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. Paul was so concerned that the Corinthian Christians were being deceived that the only way he could describe how he felt was with jealousy. He had a red-hot warmth, and it was a red-hot warmth for the improvement, for the betterment of the Corinthians. He was zealous for them. He was jealous for them. Are you following me? So, yeah, right, we're, we're asking, how can jealousy be good and righteous? Well, biblically, it's when people see other Christians being um, tempted or people who are of the world, the devil and his forces are, are, are trying their best to lead people down a path to sin, and we are jealous or zealous for them to, to remain strong amid that temptation and to overcome it. Here's another example in 1 Kings 19.14. The prophet Elijah uses jealousy to describe his own faithfulness to, to God in a time when he felt like he was all alone. Now, he was mistaken. He wasn't alone. So as I read this, uh, I need you to know what's going on in the context. He wasn't alone. But here's a moment of intimacy with God where jealousy is what he used to describe his own faithfulness. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 14 says, Elijah said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. How did Elijah describe himself? He was jealous. He had a red-hot warmth for the Lord, for his own improvement for the Lord's sake. He wasn't trying to uh, deter or destroy anyone, but build up his own faith. Okay, so hopefully we're seeing that God wants to communicate to us this distinction between a selfless type of jealousy where you're stirred up for, on behalf of someone and a selfish type of jealousy where you are seeking their detriment. And so when he describes himself as jealous, is he warning us that he is against us? Is he attempting to provoke our ruin? No. This red-hot warmth stirs within to seek our improvement. I hope that those two questions so far have been very helpful for you. Uh, what is jealousy, and can jealousy be good or righteous? But I think it's time, lest anyone go too far, I think it's time to ask this question. Is there a negative side to the jealousy of God? You see, if somebody were to conclude, oh, wow, when God says he's jealous for me, that means he sees me like his beloved, I'm his bride, and, and so he loves me, and you know, it doesn't matter what I do anymore because I'm safe in the arms of God and, and he's uh, my rock and so I'll just live however I want. Do you see, I may be speaking in overtones here, 
But the idea is that that people can get so comfortable with that idea that God loves me, that Jesus uh, died for me, etc., that they think that they don't have to walk in the light, that they don't have to be faithful. Ooh, we're going to come to that word faithful again in a moment. And so they may not follow God and be nominal Christians, that is, Christian in name only. So is there ever a negative side to the jealousy of God? And the answer is absolutely yes. If you are the one who is arousing his jealousy, watch out. Imagine if a spouse were unfaithful. How could this possibly encourage the innocent party to improve the relationship? Or if a man tries to tempt another man's wife, would not the husband's jealousy manifest in his righteous anger against that scoundrel? I know those are kind of tough examples about problems in a marriage, but recall that this is a biblical way that we are able to make tangible a relationship with God. The husband-wife relationship, there's, there's no other relationship in the Scriptures that's given to us that we're able to use in everyday life that describes God and the soul, that describes Jesus and his church. Now, there's several Old Testament passages, so I'm going to quote another one about God's jealousy. In Exodus 20, verse 5, it says, You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the son, on the children to the third, the fourth generation of those who hate me. God uses jealousy to describe how he feels when his people abandon him to worship false gods and idols. And that could be literal things like idols of stone or gold, like not necessarily in our culture, but maybe other cultures around the world, uh, peoples of the past would carve images who they thought would represent or manifest these uh, idols. But, you know, for us, it could be figurative things like money, self, possessions, your phone, right, your screen time. Basically, anything that you give priority to over your priority to God. You see, God's righteous response against sinners who are attempting to tempt his faithful is the same manifestation of a husband's righteous response to a scoundrel who is trying to woo his wife. God's wrath against unfaithful Christians is justified because of the relationship we entered and then have broken. And while he's jealous for us, that righteous zeal has to stand against something. And that thing, that something, is anything that would hinder the covenant relationship between a loving God and his creation. In Exodus 34, verse 14, he goes so far as to say his name is jealous. He says, For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. What kind of a God is this, right? Think about it. This negative side to the jealousy of God. What, what is the lesson that a faithful child of God should be taking away? Is this a God who's cold, distant? Is it a clockmaker who has set his creation in motion and then stepped away? No, of course not. This is a God of love. He's a jealous, zealous God. He is akin to a husband who deeply loves his wife, a God who sees his people as his spiritual love. So here's the 
the last great question. Maybe I'll review the others real quick just to remind you of what we have considered together today. The first question is, why does the Bible say that God is jealous? And that provoked us to ask, what is jealousy? And then, after learning what it was, we asked, but how exactly can jealousy be good or righteous? And after determining that it could be good and righteous, we asked, is there a negative side to the jealousy of God? And we certainly see that there is. And all of these things are weaving itself together as we read through the scriptures about God's descriptions of jealousy. To ask this final big question, and that is, does God's jealousy help us? Huh. You ever thought about that? Maybe you've not asked that question, but does God's jealousy help us? Are there tangible benefits from God being jealous? And I would I would assert that yes, there are. And I have three. I've written down three uh, attributes or three qualities that help us determine that God is jealous for us and that that jealousy actually helps us. Okay? And it helps us because it it quantifies our relationship with God, and it helps us appreciate that relationship. So here we go. Here's the three ways that it helps us quantify. First, we see a priority of a relationship with him. God must be first. Now, we could say he must be the only one as well. There are to be no other gods before him, but he must be first in relationship, meaning that your life is first devoted to God before it's devoted to anyone else. Luke 14, 25-33, Jesus said that the cost of discipleship is a complete reconstruction of your priorities. God comes first. And what we don't appreciate about that sometimes, you know, people hear that, they think, oh man, Christians are, you know, they're uh, brainless. That they, they serve someone else before they even think about their own needs and, you know, they're just... Uh, that they have no independent thoughts of themselves. It's absolutely not true. You know, I'm, I am of my own free will and mind recognizing that God is greater than I am, that he's calling out for a relationship with me, and so I'm willing to submit to him. But here's something that we, we don't appreciate when we put God first. When we prioritize God as first, we learn how to love others best. Okay, let me qualify that. I, I'm a better husband because I put God first. I'm a better father because I put God first. I'm a better son because I've put God first. I'm a better brother in Christ because I put God first. I'm a better neighbor because I put God first. And the reason is, by becoming selfless to God and, and submitting to him and humbling myself before him, I also learn how to be selfless to others, and so do you. So you become the best version of yourself because you are humbling yourself before God and you're, you're putting others' needs before your own. So God's jealousy quantifies a relationship by showing us the priority that he has to be first. And there's so many blessings that come from that. But secondly, God's righteous jealousy, it shows fidelity. Fidelity of a relationship with him. You know, we don't use that word too often, but... Uh, we do use the word infidelity, sadly. That's probably the one people are more familiar with. Infidelity just means that you are not faithful to whatever vow you've made. Specifically, we use it with wedding vows. 
So fidelity means you are faithful and true to the covenant promise you've made. God's people are called to be faithful. Have you ever thought about um, why we're called faithful? Is it because we're full of faith? Certainly, I think that's part of it, that uh, we walk by faith, not by sight, as the scriptures teach, that faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the assurance of things unseen, so we're full of faith. But again, go back to that relationship of a husband and wife. Why are we called faithful? In the same way, a husband and a wife is faithful. That means that there's fidelity, that we're true. We're honoring our commitment. We're faithful. You know what's interesting? In James chapter 4, verse 4, when Christians go astray, do you know what they're called? They're not only called unfaithful. You know what they're called? Adulterers. That's powerful, isn't it? In James 4, 4, these Christians have gone astray, and they're called adulterers. Why? Because the relationship of marriage that is so commonly used to describe how God feels about him and the soul, in that relationship, fidelity matters. When you're faithful to your marriage partner, that relationship is blessed. When you commit adultery, that relationship suffers. Many times it's broken. But by being faithful to God, we continue in a covenant where his spiritual love and protection helps us overwhelmingly conquer sin. All right, third and finally. So um, our relationship, God's jealousy, it quantifies our relationship by showing priority and fidelity and finally intimacy. That's right. God's jealousy shows intimacy of a relationship with him. You ever thought about how God wants us to be in fellowship with him? Not for his benefit, but for ours? I think maybe we need to pause. I Sometimes whenever I think about this, I need to slow down. What do we mean by that? That God wants to be in fellowship for our benefit, not his. Well, maybe I'll say, try to describe it this way. Um, you can praise God or curse God. And God's power does not grow or diminish based on your praise or your cursing. Why? Because he's infinite. He's supernatural. He's beyond the natural. And so God is not like these false idols in the past where people thought that they would become more powerful with prayer or their sacrifices. God is beyond these things. And so if he's beyond it, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need anything that we give. And yet he desires to be in fellowship with us. He desires to be in a relationship. If God doesn't need it, why does he do it? It's not for his benefit so much as it is for ours. Now, I guess I will pause to say, who am I to say that God does not benefit from our relationship? I will leave that for him ultimately to determine the benefits that he gets from it. What I'm suggesting, though, is that there is no physical, tangible thing that our praising, our cursing does to him. And because he's supernatural, that means that this relationship really is that intimate. It's based on his love. John 3.16, he loves us so much that he desires to have a relationship with us. So, in conclusion, what kind of a God gets jealous? Well, I hope you can answer that question based on all of the scriptures and the information that we've talked about based on these scriptures and this Bible discussion today. Jealousy implies the context of a committed relationship. That's the kind of God that gets jealous. He's jealous 
because he's faithful. He's jealous because he loves. And you might not see the word relationship in the Bible uh, in regard to how God feels about the soul. But like I've said, what kind of a God gets jealous? The kind where the context implies a committed relationship that God will fight for, that God will get passionate about, so that when that relationship is in trouble, when it's being questioned, when it's being threatened, God's jealousy burns red hot for the relationship. Not against it, but for it. And when a scoundrel comes along, that jealousy compels him to work against the scoundrel. Based on this, based on what we understand of God's jealousy, the final question that I'm going to leave unanswered for anyone out there is this. How could you ever spurn such a love? That's our Bible discussion today. I hope it was helpful for you. This was an excellent study for me uh, to go through. I did it actually back in the early spring, but I have not been able to share it on this program yet until now. And I've been kind of saving it for one of these weeks where I knew I wouldn't have a guest. And here it is. So episode 127 is in the books. God is jealous. And I hope that it was a blessing for you and that you'll use it to uh, better understand the scriptures and how much God loves you and what he's done for you. So until next week, always remember you can go to the website. There's plenty of information there. I am working on some new things as well. I've got some new things in the pipeline, and I hope to uh, get those things out onto the market in 2021 sometime. So pray for me. Pray for the work that I'm doing at Pure and Simple Bible, that it will be effective in equipping the saints and ministering to the lost so that they can know the gospel and have the opportunity to be saved. Okay. Always remember that God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you next week. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you.